me some peanuts and crackers, Jack. I don't care if I never get back. Hello and welcome to the next episode of Sports Nuts. This is episode number 11. That's a one and one for you dyslexic people out there. I'm your host, Tracy, otherwise known as Holster. And as always, and I'm happy about that, my co-host, my partner in crime, Mr. Bruce. How are you doing today, Bruce? Tracy, my friend, I'm doing excellent. How about you? I'm doing good, good, good. I uh, can't complain. I know you're getting some snow up there. Um, I did have to suffer with uh, 68 degree weather here, though, today. So, you know, I had to kind of suck it up and live through it, you know. It's brutal. How do you survive? Yeah, kind of partly cloudy, no wind, 68, you know. And to, to be totally honest with you, uh, when I went out working this morning, it was about, oh, 40 when I went outside this morning. I put a sweatshirt on and a flannel on. I didn't take the flannel off all day till I came back inside. That's kind of what a wimp I am. We all we all have our crosses to bear, I suppose. Yeah, I do know cold. I grew up in North Dakota, born and raised there, and went away in the Army and spent time in Germany, did cold weather training up there in Alaska. So I know cold. That's why I live in Texas. <laughs> I was going to debate that. You know, it's funny because as much as we here in New England think we, we know what cold is, not not compared to the Dakotas, we don't. Yeah, the wind chill. I remember uh, we had, when we were, my wife got had a job offered down here in Dallas area. We weren't quite sure if we were taking it or not. We looked at the weather the uh, late January, early February before we were moving that summer. And they said the Dallas area was 50 degrees. And we looked up there, it was minus 50 up there, and we're like, that's a 100 degree difference. And we're like, yeah, we're moving. <laughs> very good, very good. Yeah, I do remember one time it was with wind chill minus 70-somethings, I think the worst I've ever seen it. And that day I did have to walk to school, although it was only about three, four miles, so it wasn't like that far. But uh, I remember uh, everybody... You know, kind of saying, hey, watch out, watch out. But, you know, when you're young and stupid, you really don't care. Well, and it's actually kind of the opposite of the dry heat argument. I can stand it if it's just cold as long as there's no wind. Yeah. it. it I always, Las Vegas now, I say, oh, it's a dry heat. It's still 115. It's still miserable unless you got air conditioning. Well, and of course, I had a friend stationed in Yuma uh, for the Marines, and I was there. Uh, every day of the week, it topped out at about 115 to 120. You can literally feel your skin cook, but eh, we can move on from that. Exactly. Well, we're going to get into this. The only really news uh, we kind of have, have this week is uh, the boxer Lou Duva died this last week. I did not know that till Bruce told me earlier today, and that really shocked me. If you don't know who he is, Google him. You'll see his picture, and you'll go, oh, yeah, I know him. Uh, probably, uh, he, you could argue, the best manager of all time. You know, it could, there's a couple here and there you could. But he's had seven, or 19, I'm sorry, 19 world champions. That's unflipping believable. I didn't know the number was that high. Well, uh, no, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I mean, you know, one of the things that's interesting is that, you know, he did die in 94, so he's been in the game a long, long time. Yeah, I think his last one he did was just a couple of years ago, if I remember. Well, because uh, he, because he yeah, covers... 
Yeah, they said that he did one in the 90s, one of the few. So, yeah, dang. Well, I think one of the interesting things about Duva is that, you know, I, I mean, I don't watch the fight game nearly as much as I used to because, I mean, I certainly, my time was certainly late 70s all the way up until maybe about the uh, the 90s. And then, like most things, the sport kind of died for me because uh, it, it's changed so much. And to the point where, I mean, they've always tried to position fighters to get these inflated records where they're undefeated. But, you know, I'll take a really rough and tumble fighter like the old Ray Mercer, who may have had like 40 wins but he also had like 17 losses but that to me was an actual proven fighter but um but duva he's he was legit uh, sort of following up on that um and when i say legit one of the interesting things about it is that his stable of fighters he knew how to bring fighters up correctly and uh i'm i'm looking at how he brought up amir khan uh, uh many years ago and you know he see he knew where his power was and then every fight that he he basically set up for him was to address a weakness to make him an overall better fighter and very few trainers know how to do that which is why i think that he was probably one of the best in the game i mean locally here we had the petronellis but quite frankly Marvin Hagler has only been there has been their real success and I can't even say they really could be credited with training because you know Marvin Hagler was such a natural fighter and I've seen these guys handle some other other talent but none of them saw the kind of success that Hagler did with uh, the Petronellis so uh, other than that I mean people mentioned Freddie Roach too but uh, Freddie Roach is not in my opinion he's brought champions there but he's never been able to seal the deal with a lot of them. So, um, yeah, it, it will be a big loss. Okay, Dora, we'll continue on here in three, two, one. Yeah, another thing about Duva, I did not know after when World War II broke out, he actually went in the Army. Uh, but he got in some fist fight with a few people <laughs> in the Army. So he uh, was sent to Camp Hood down in Texas where he was actually given a job as a boxing instructor. So uh, <laughs> I guess they uh, took that. But uh, he part of the deal was he got in a fight with two lieutenants when he was defending a black woman so who's being harassed on a public bus. So that's actually pretty good. I think that's pretty cool. So uh, kudos for him for that being a... a uh, Good guy, good boxing instructor, and I know if there's a boxing hall of fame, it lists all the hall of fames he's been in for boxing. It, it, he's in every one. If, if, if uh, in my opinion, I think he's probably the best manager of all time. Oh, hands down. In fact, I can tell you for a fact that if you go to Canastota, New York, to the boxing hall of fame, his name will be there. Yeah, he's in that one. I read another one like he's in the international one. He's in the Meadowlands. He's in the U.S. But yeah, just a big list of Hall of Fames that he's in. So, okay, enough about Lou. Now let's get on. We're basically just going to talk about some free agency in NFL that's been kind of going on. Some uh, signings, some people that haven't signed or anything like that. Couple of them I've seen so far is uh, Von Bell was had the franchise tag put on him, but he has not signed it yet. Uh, last week, Kirk Cousins was put on franchise. We talked about how much they're paying him. He actually signed it right away. Uh, he also came out and said, "I did not ask for a trade." No one knows where that rumor came from. So, I guess yeah, uh, trooper he is. He's going to stick it out. Of course, it's very easy to stick something out when you're making uh, twenty three point nine four million dollars. 
Well, do you know what it's going to be next year if they do the same thing to him? No, I didn't see it. Did you have, have you read a number? $34.4 million. Yeah, I I can see. Uh, I think this, if he doesn't sign something this year, uh, he'll be gone. Uh, yeah, they won't bring him back. They can't. I mean, oh, my gosh. Uh, yeah. Uh, the only, Let's see some other noticeable ones, uh, some bigger ones. Uh Ingram is uh, back with uh, Chargers, which is pretty good. Uh, Pierre Paul stayed in New York. Uh, let's see here. I'm going down. Dante Hightower is still a free agent from New England last year, linebacker. Uh, I'm surprised they did not get a deal done. I know they tried to. Uh, the big one, I think, is Eshon Jeffrey. I uh, went to the Eagles from Chicago. Uh, he was probably the big receiver out there. What I've noticed with the receivers is, uh, the two big gun receivers out there only signed a one-year deal, which uh, Jeffrey was given like a three-year deal uh, with a team option for two more years with the Vikings, and he turned it down. He's betting on himself, so he got one-year deal, and hopefully so. It's kind of risk, but uh, hey, if you're going to do it, you're going to do it. Uh, let's see. Some other ones that I'm seeing. Romo still hasn't been released. He's going to be released. Everybody knows that. They're trying to trade him, but no one's going to trade for him. They know they have to release him, so why give up even a six-round pick? Uh, it, it, it's, it's That's Jerry Jones being Jerry Jones. And big news today, as we uh, Eddie Lacy signed with the Seattle Seahawks uh, from Green Bay last year. I thought he might have been a good uh, fit for Minnesota, but he went to uh, he went decided to go to Seattle, which I mean, his point I can see because uh, Seattle's a run first, pass second team. Uh, Minnesota is kind of balanced. Uh, they, they try to be a pass, even though short pass uh, team first. I, I, they are more balanced. You can see that. Uh, Glennon is the big quarterback in Chicago now. He's the number one. Jared Cook, tight end, still a free agent. Time you listen to him, he might sign with the team, but they're still good. Uh, Pierre Garçon went to San Francisco. Uh, Jamal Charles is still a free agent. And Peterson is still a free agent. Brandon Marshall went from the Jets to New York. Uh, he got a $2 million, uh, two-year two, two $12 million deal. Latavius Murray is uh, still a free agent. Here's what I'm thinking is going to happen if I have a wand. Um, I, for some reason, I have a feeling Adrian Peterson is going to go back to Minnesota. But for some reason, I think Latavius Murray is going to sign with Minnesota. Uh, I really do. And then Peterson will go to the Raiders. Uh, for some reason, I just have that feeling. It would be nice for Peterson to stay with Minnesota, but I... I, I I don't know. Uh, for some reason, the longer this is taken, the more I'm thinking Murray is actually going to be signed with Minnesota. Probably today or tomorrow. That's my guess. But uh, you never know. There's still some more teams there. And that's kind of it for really big names. Uh, there's some other. One thing I've noticed is linemen are going expensive. And part of that reason is this year teams have more cap space than ever before. One. There's really no starting lineman you can draft. So if you're a free agent and you this year and you're a lineman, you were at the right time at the right place because uh, you pretty much had to overpay. 
which uh, Minnesota picked up a couple and everybody said they overpaid, but they paid what the market was going now and they kind of had to. So yeah, that's kind of it for free agency. Anything you've seen so far? Well, there were a couple of things that sort of stood out for me. Um, I think it's ironic that uh, you use uh, the word fit and Eddie Lacy in the same sentence. Oh yeah. Well, I, I, he signed a one-year deal, so you know he's going to have to play good and come in in shape, or no one's going to give him anything anymore. So uh, a one-year deal, I, I think, uh, yeah, I, I got a feeling he was only getting one-year deals from people just for that one reason there, as you said, that he was not exactly, you know, <laughs> you know in shape all the time. So, so. Who are you predicting the Jets quarterback? I'm saying Jay Cutler will be the Jets quarterback. Who are you thinking? Well, from what I've been reading, it seems like that it's it's headed that way. Uh, boy, they certainly deserve each other. And uh, if that ultimately happens, um, uh, they've got nobody to blame but themselves in this situation. Because, you know, Cutler, you know, he's like Alshon Jeffries. Uh, he may play the full season. You're banking on that. But uh, these guys are not they're not very um, robust or hardy, as I would say, because, you know, a couple of good shots and they're done. And especially given the season that Cutler has, yeah, he's got a good offensive line. The Jets, they have a passable line too, but I have no confidence in that pick if they ultimately go with it. Um, we were talking about possible places that Romo could go. Um, you know, I think that uh, if they if they're still trying to groom a quarterback in you know Lynch or whoever the other backup was there, Petty, I believe. You know, I think what we're looking at is it's good to have Romo or a senior or a senior quarterback in that situation. But if the Jets don't solve it, I'm afraid one of my favorite actually coaches in Todd Bowles will be out of the job. Yeah, I think more time goes on. I think the more it favors Romo going to Houston. Uh, I'll be he hasn't been released, so it's not really time yet. But I really think Denver is okay with what they have, uh, although they would like like Romo in there. But I think the more time goes on, because if you look at Houston now, who basically gave up a second-round pick uh, to uh, Cleveland, so Cleveland would uh, pick up the contract. So basically, Cleveland paid $60 million for a second-round pick uh, next year. So not this draft, a year from now. So they, they basically paid $60 million for that. Everybody's like giving them a bad time. Well, they cut RG3, who is supposed to be in eight. So it really only cost them $8 million, really, if they keep him. Now, some people say they may cut him. If they keep him, it's only really cost them $8 million for them to have a quarterback, uh, a second round, extra second round pick next year. Because the last couple of years, they are loaded. Uh, I think in the top uh, 64 picks in the next two drafts, they have something like s seven or eight picks. So they're, I think they're kind of doing that money ball right now where they're loading up and kind of getting and get a whole bunch of young people at once So and really not overpaying for anybody. So uh, if it works, it works. If not, but eventually they have to stop trading for draft picks and eventually they have to start drafting. Uh, they've been doing that a couple years now, and they haven't really done anything because they've been getting draft picks. So eventually, uh, the rubber has to meet the road. They're going to have to draft somebody to prove something. 
Well, and I'll also be interested to see what kind of work Bill O'Brien does down there because uh, he inherited Osweiler, and nobody should actually be forced to do that. Um, so I think um, with his choice at quarterback, I mean, let's face it, it's actually they've got all the infrastructure for this to be sort of a uh, um, a New England Patriots framework because, I mean, all of their coaches are former Patriots in some way or form. You know, special teams, as I I heard, was Larry Izzo. Uh, the linebackers coach is Mike Vrabel. In fact, they went out of their way to make sure he, he remains their uh, defensive coordinator. Um, so, I mean, if that kind of stuff rubs off and they get the right person as a GM to pick the players, um, I don't know. They could possibly be a force. Uh, I'll be very curious to see what happens down there in Houston. So do you think uh, New England's going to re-side Blount as a running back in this year? Oh, sure. I, I think they're even willing to spend up to maybe $1.2 million for him. I mean, he'll he'll come in cheap and let's face it he's at the twilight of his career at the age of 30 um but uh i think that ultimately what will happen is that if you have a chance to go to another super bowl why wouldn't you go and i think that's what's really telling about the uh the free agents for new england donta hightower has his ring so he's not really interested in signing back with new england so i wouldn't be surprised if the jets actually snag him or somebody does but he's going to come with as a cost to those teams yeah, I think one of the big kind of signings that took me off guard this year was Julius Peppers going from Green Bay back to Carolina, kind of where it all started off. Uh, who Everybody kind of said he maybe should have retired last year. He had an okay year. Uh, so I'm curious now what, uh, how, what an impact he's going to make or if uh, they just kind of signed him to be a backup. Uh, they haven't really said yet. So that kind of caught me like he wants to go back home for retirement. Oh, and I think and it's not a bad way to go either because, you know, uh, from what I understand this year, even as a part-time player, he was still pretty good. And he, let's face it, he lasted the whole season. He didn't have to play all the reps. And so he was just as fresh as he began the season. So um, good for him because I, I've always liked Peppers. I think that he was an outstanding player and it'll be sad to see someone like that go. Um, which could also be one of those things where we s segue into DeMarcus Ware's retirement. Oh, yeah, that uh, that kind of caught me off guard because I really thought he had another year in him uh, or two, but uh, I guess he just says, I'm done. <laughs> I got my money, got my ring, I am done. And Denver must have been prepared for it because, I mean, you know, you even had John Elway tweeting out, you know, wishing him uh, good luck to a future Hall of Famer. So, I mean, uh, this this has clearly been on his mind for a little while. Exactly. Um, other thing about the free agency, the only thing I've been confused about is the Panthers. If you look at last year, the one team that probably had the worst offensive line, another injury problems and this and that, was the Minnesota Vikings. And just, yeah, the Panthers signed two of Minnesota's free agent offensive linemen last year. Two! And I'm like, for a lot of money, I mean, they spent Khalil five-year, $55.5 who everybody in Minnesota says he was probably a bust or he got drafted. Uh, it, uh, yeah, so that really shocked me getting that huge of a deal from somebody that still... It's been good, but still really hasn't proven himself. 
Well, you know, it's a free agency is a tricky thing, and you've mm-hmm. got to have really good people evaluating your talent. Uh, one of the more interesting aspects of it is that uh, shortly before we went on tonight, I actually went to check and see, you know, who's been really active and who's been spending a boatload of money. And then I I looked at, well, I obviously went to see what the Raiders have spent in the offseason so far. They've actually only spent a minuscule $500,000 to uh, secure some uh, backup players. And I believe that was also part of the Corderell Patterson signing they did this afternoon. But uh, you know who hasn't signed anybody? That would be the Kansas City Chiefs. They've spent no money in the offseason. Yeah, well, they they didn't really have any. <laughs> they had almost nothing to spend. Uh, well, the Raiders are such a young team. Uh, their main core is there. Their main core are offensive line, basically. Their main, their quarterback, running back. They're going to have to do something with Murray gone. Uh, that's why uh, if, if there's a place for uh, Peterson to go to have just a stellar year, I mean, just a you know, close to a 2,000 again, I think it would be the Raiders with their quarterback, the receivers, and their offensive line. That, I think of all the open spots that were available for running backs all over the league, I think the two spots would be New England and the Raiders. Those are the two, you know, and if you want yards, the Raiders. Well, you know, it will be interesting to see. I think the the fact that they were letting uh, Latavius Murray seek out other options um, probably speaks to the uh, two guys they have backing up because um, Seth uh, Roberts actually came on pretty strong for them. Uh, to put it more in perspective, he's kind of like a uh, a um, Danny Amendola kind of player or a Julian Edelman player. Um, he's he's a good back out of the field, uh, has great hands, is especially dangerous in the short routes. So um, I think in some cases they may expand on the uh, the passing attack next year. I, I don't really think they they really cared too much about the running game. Yeah, another I think a really good signing uh, Green Bay uh, you know, uh Bennett tied in from New England. Uh, and uh, come find out, Bennett kind of was leaked out somewhere. Bennett actually came deeper to them than Cook was, who's leaving. Uh, so that's kind of surprised me because Bennett, I think, last year really showed uh, he is a true number one tight end. Well, they, uh, they Patriots did sign Gilmore, you know, which is kind of, boy, usually you don't see the Patriots day one big signing. Uh, they did. And uh, another thing they got is they got Cook, uh, 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 wide receiver, you know, uh, uh, from New Orleans. They traded. Uh, it's a number one round for next year, but it's going to be a low number one. So they basically got low number one draft pick for a known stud receiver, which I think was a good move. Um, actually, it was. I think one of the most interesting things that went on during these last two weeks was the talk around uh, Jimmy Garoppolo going somewhere. He's not going anywhere, and I wish they would stop saying that because. And this is the Boston media saying it. There is no way that Belichick is going to let this guy go because 
there is nobody more poised to take over for Brady than Garoppolo. And I think that Brady, yeah, he wants to play till he's, you know, in his mid forties. Um, is that realistic? We'll see. I mean, he, he had a good season this year and nothing makes me believe he's going to drop off significantly. But when the time comes, I think it's really going to be, you know, how much longer is Garoppolo willing to wait um, so anyway, I just don't think any of those rumors will come about, but the signing of cooks was huge because I mean, they, they haven't had a real burner, uh, in their lineup. Actually, we never actually saw Michael Floyd's talents because, well, he's too busy getting a drink, but, uh, I I'll be very curious to see how he actually meshes because now that new England has dangerous speed, not this is just another weapon in their arsenal. And, you know, like I said, I'm not a New England fan, but I admire how they consistently put teams together year in and year out. Yeah, what I think is going to happen is with their quarterback is, Nick, they'll keep because they're going to keep, I think they're going to keep Garoppolo just so if something does happen to Brady, they have somebody they can just plug and go. You know, they're going to lose some, yes, but they'll be fine. I think what's going to happen is next year, year they're not going to sign him they're not going to want to waste the money what other people i forgot his name but their third string quarterback who uh rode the bench all last year uh, came in very 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 shortly when grapple got hurt that one game uh they are actually really hot him and what i'm hearing from some of the coaches a lot most of them would rather have him start than garoppolo they're very high on him but i really think uh, Brady's going to be around for a couple more years. After this year, Garoppolo's going to sign as a free agent with another team. Uh, and so all you can kind of look at all the teams that have their deals with quarterbacks. Uh, one year left, Minnesota. They own, Bradford only has one. Cousins only has one. So you can kind of start looking at some places he might go You know now. But then they'll just bring their third up, and I, I, th I think that's what's going to happen because they're not going to want to spend the money on Garoppolo uh, unless for some reason Brady retires, and I don't see that happening uh, even after this next season here. Now, you're probably right, so it'll be interesting to see how that ultimately plays out. All right, anything free agency before we continue on? No, I think we've pretty much covered the gamut of everything, you know. But like I said, that one last uh, shot regarding... Uh, um, the move over to uh, Seattle is that I think that we'll see how excited they are when Lacey comes into training camp at 278 pounds again. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see that. Okay. Before we get on to the next section, I do want to say thanks, everybody, for doing this. And, hey, help Dora out a little bit. If you're going to go to Amazon, go to podnest.com slash Amazon if you're going to buy anything. He gets a couple bucks back here and there for doing all the work on the hosting and all that stuff there. I hear a lot of people complaining to him that he wants more swag at conferences. Well, if you don't go, if you're going to get some on Amazon, go to Platinum slash Amazon, help him out a little bit. So I do want to put that plug in there for him right there. So now let's continue on. We're going to start talking about we have a month away from the NHL playoffs. And I think a story for me, I think by far the biggest story right now is the Red Wings 25 year season post season streak? People, the 90 91 season, think back to 1990 91, that winter. They went to the playoffs then, and they've been going to the playoffs every year since 25 years. 
is gonna come to a halt this year. I don't see any way that they're making it back. They've only got 63 points, and uh, boy, there's pretty much everybody except New Jersey in the whole Eastern Conference is ahead of them. So, 25 years is coming to a halt. Deservedly so. For the life of me, I don't understand. Why would you let arguably one of the best coaches in the league go? And look at the fortunes of Toronto since he's been there. They're clearly on the rise up. And this was this was a huge mistake in management. Uh, yeah, it. you know, last year I kind of saw the writing on the wall, though. They made a couple trades. They did this so they could kind of squeak into the playoffs. And I, I really think they mortgaged the next couple of years just so they could squeak one more year and try to make it, you know, fix it some other way. And they didn't. So uh, I kind of saw it last year. Uh, if if something major didn't happen to them that they weren't going to this year. Uh, I don't even think, you know, I don't even think you could pick whatever manager you want on the team. I don't think they would have made it this year no matter what. No, and actually, we even go back even a couple more years because uh, if you'll remember, Steve Eiserman was actually in line to become the GM of that team. Uh, he'd been the VP of operations for a couple of years, and when it was clear that they weren't going to give him that that title, um, he went on to uh, run Tampa Bay. And again, this is you know they've had their struggles this year, especially with injuries, but that's a good young team for many years to come. So uh, those two major pieces right there are the fall of the Red Wings. Yeah, uh, for the Eastern Conference, though, you know, kind of what I'm saying here, everything kind of looks like what I thought was going to happen, with the exception, I really thought the Islanders were going to do more this year. This is just the Eastern Conference. Uh, Columbus did better than I thought. Uh, they started off like, boy, you do not want to pay them, but they've kind of cooled off. Uh, they're still playing good. They're 7-2-1 in their last 10, so they're, they got, I mean, a month left of the season, they got 94 points. They are doing fine, you know, uh, better than I thought. So with those two things, everybody's kind of about where I thought they were. Uh, I thought Toronto would be middle of the pack, and that's kind of where they're at, kind of in the middle of the pack. Um, Boston maybe did a little better than I thought they were going to do, um, but uh, it's kind of in that area, though, with the exception, like I said, uh, Columbus a little higher and the Islanders down a lot more than I thought they were. This is just an Eastern Conference now. Well, and also two more important notes in regards to the Eastern Conference. You're correct. The Islanders really should be a little bit higher than they are, uh, as is the Florida Panthers. But two major things happened this year. Both teams fired their coaches a, a month ago, and that was just stupid. I mean, you know, the, I don't know why they felt that they were that uh, that on the edge that they felt that they needed to win, you know, during a, a, a minor losing streak in the middle of December and in January. Quite frankly, every team goes through those things. And I think it's really proving that, you know, Toronto, I'm sorry, uh, Florida made a mistake, the Islanders made a mistake, and Boston got lucky. Boston got lucky because we're at that, you know, the honeymoon period is just about done. Usually give it about 10 games before we start to see things either sliding or, you know, be becoming where they are. But I saw them last night against Vancouver, and I got to tell you, they're 
it's they're playing exciting hockey and it's actually worth watching now yeah a ditto um speaking of uh game uh there's actually one tonight that i'm actually really looking forward to uh, uh i I kind of look ahead a little bit, and then I mark on my calendar a few games. And I had one marked tonight. It's 9.30 Central Time, so 10.30 year start. So it's going to be late for you East Coasters. But Arizona's at Los Angeles. Every time they play, it's kind of like when Dallas plays Chicago. Even if one team is in the toilet, they are going to play hard. you know. And Los Angeles is there. They're not, you know, you wouldn't call them like a stud team, but... Yeah, Arizona isn't exactly there, but those are fun games to watch when you have two kind of teams that know each other well, and they, yeah, it's going to be a good game tonight. That's, the records don't account for, I think, how the game's going to go. Well, and I think Arizona is actually just a coach away from being a decent team, too, because oh, they've got a boatload of talent down there. Uh, and it's funny to see uh, Ty Domi's kid doing so well, which is certainly not what Ty did in his day. But uh, if you ever want something fun to look up, uh, YouTube has all 17 fights between Ty Domi and Bob Probert. All right. Hey, that's actually might be fun to watch. <laughs> All right. Hey, I'm going to kind of transition over to the Western Conference now, and then we can kind of go in general if we want to. Uh, kind of surprise what get me is I think the biggest in the Western is Minnesota. Uh, yes, Minnesota is doing good, but I don't think everybody thought they were going to be look this good. They are they are looking strong. Do I think they can win the cup? No, but I think the playoffs are going to hit them. But they're looking like a tough, tough team. Obviously, Dallas uh, should have been a lot better. No one thought Colorado would do much, but dang, not that bad. I mean, they are already eliminated. They're the only team that's been automatically eliminated from the playoffs for a while now. Uh, it, it's there. I mean, they only got 41 points. Uh, it, yeah, it, it's <laughs> so kind of surprising. Surprising. Uh, Winnipeg is right about where I thought they were. Um, same thing with Nashville and Chicago. I thought they'd kind of be right there. Uh, another thing, San Jose. Uh, the Sharks are again, second year in a row, playing way better than I thought they would. Uh, Calgary, a little better than I thought they were. I thought they'd be good, but uh, being a young team, hey, that's good. Uh, Anaheim. I really thought was going to be really good. Then they started in the toilet, and they're coming back. So they're about what I thought they would be now, although their record kind of doesn't show that. Uh, Arizona, I, I knew yeah, they have issues. Uh, they're, they're, they're a fun team to watch, but they just lose a lot. Uh, I hate to say it, but they're kind of a fun. And Vancouver, uh, enough said. Don't say much more about Vancouver. Yeah, you know, actually my favorite, uh, you know, I guess one of the favorite teams that I'm really glad to see has emerged this year, worst to first, Edmonton. Yeah, it, Edmonton, it, boy, I, I don't know what you can really say. You know, uh, they, boy, they're, you watch them play. Here's what about gets me about uh, Edmonton. You you watch them play, and you don't think that you think they're not as good as you see. I'm trying to have a hard time explaining this. You watch them play, and you're like, okay, they're good. But then you look at the schedule, like, well, they're better than I thought they were. For some reason, 
their better look. That's a good way of describing it to me. Well, and for me, I mean, I think once uh, Connor McDavid um, has started busting out, I mean, right away we knew he was an amazing talent because uh, one of the things that I think is very key, and this was the same thing for Wayne Gretzky, in this new age of where we're playing uh, end-to-end hockey, uh, it is all about speed. And even though Gretzky, near the end, his skills deteriorated in terms of stick handling, Still, he was the best skater on the ice. Connor McDavid, he's just got that extra gear. And amazing, when he gets a jump on someone, you know, what I like about him is that he's a centerman who has no problem getting in the mix of things. So he's a young kid, and I'll tell you, the sky is the limit for this kid. Yeah, I mean, his first game, what, he had two goals? First game, first game of the season, two goals. Yeah, so he is, he's a special talent. He is a special talent. Now you, now everybody kind of knows why uh, they did a couple of surprise trades in the offseason. They saw this kid play, and they had him, and they were like, okay, we can kind of maybe get a defense here. And they're kind of in the same thing as Dallas is, man, they can roll a seven goals one night. No one, no one would be shocked. Not one person would be shocked. They just might give up nine the same game, you know, if their defense isn't showing up. Uh, so I, I think if, if Edmonton can get a top tier goalie and one more defensive stud, so they've got one good line and one, or I should say one very good line and one another good line for defense and a great goalie. They'd be the team to beat. Well, you know, I'm going to defend Cam Talbert. I remember when he was uh, Henrik Lundqvist's backup. As far as I'm concerned, uh, Edmonton did okay with him. And I think that, you know, he's still very young. And has this, also, I think the talent is there. But you are right. Their defense struggles mightily. And I think that once they shore up that defense, um, they could be a really tough team to beat. So uh, I'm excited. And it's good to see uh, possible playoff hockey showing back into the the city of Edmonton because I'm sure they're just as excited too from that drought. Yeah, well, pretty much with Calgary, you know there's going to be a Canadian team in there for sure. And last year, no Canadian teams made the playoffs. None made the playoffs last year. So you always need a Canadian team or two in the playoffs to make it go. And yeah, I think with Edmonton with the goalie, uh, yeah, it'll look better. But I, you know, for me, now this is the you know, negative guy in me. Unless I see somebody with a ton of experience just holding the game on their back by yourself with no defense, I don't trust them. Uh, there's very few goalies out there like that. But, uh, you know, hey, maybe in two years I'll, you'll be saying to me, man, you were stupid. I told you, Tracy, he can do that, you know. So I guess it's one of the things we'll have to see. Uh, although yes, he's, he's a good goalie, but in, until you see him just holding it off by himself for a while, uh, you just can't trust him. If that makes sense. Oh no, it completely. In fact, it's funny because one of the uh, biggest knocks against Tuka Rask here in Boston is that, you know, Tim Thomas stood on his head the year they won the Stanley cup. And then with Rask being the understudy here, there were some key games where he he was all of a sudden sick. And so people started saying, eh, I think we got a gut check on this kid. Um, this year, I would like to think that most of those doubts have been erased. But, you know, we need another situation where he can 
actually prove himself. And who knows? Ultimately, Boston may end up playing Montreal of all teams in the playoffs. So um, it will be good. And this year, I think we have four Canadian teams in the playoffs. Yeah, I'm just hoping for Dallas now that uh, in the lottery we get a high draft pick, we get we get the big one. Um, I could really go for that, get the number one pick. That would just be awesome. Well, what is Dallas missing right now? I mean, I was actually kind of surprised to see them struggling this year. Uh, chemistry, honestly. Just chemistry. They have not just gelled. Uh, they are stacked with centers. They are stacked in their uh, top forwards, so that's looking great. Uh, defense. Uh, goalies hit or miss. Uh, they got two, you know, two decent goalies. Not great. Uh I, I, they got a young goalie coming up. I really think uh, he'll be up next year. But it, defense, they need a defense and a coach, to be honest. I hate to say that for some reason. They're just, then the chemistry is just not out of time. So I, I think right now, uh, because they just need to be, I think, they play like a solid foundation team when they're kind of lacking on defense a little bit. I think if they would kind of go to the little more fly open, they might just, yeah, they might give up more goals, but they're going to score a lot more. So I think it's just, just they need a new strategy. And I hate to say this because I like him as a coach, uh, but I think a coach and one or two defense. But they got a lot of young defense right now, a lot of young defense that's are starting to look really good this year when they made all those trades. So I think defense, they'll be fine. They just kind of need a new mix. And so I think he's pretty much done at the end of this year as a coach. Ah, that's a shame. I like Ruff as well, so um, ah, we'll see what happens. Um, and I guess one minor sort of side note, too. Uh, a person I'd actually like to genuinely see back behind the bench uh, in some capacity is actually Teddy Nolan. Uh, the legend of Teddy lives with some of us, us folks around here, but um, yeah, we can probably go more into that in the upcoming weeks. So if Arizona and Dallas drop coaches, is Arizona going to pick up uh, Ruff again to another stars coach <laughs> it seems like every time uh, dallas gets rid of a coach uh, arizona picks him up even if it's for a basis I, I guess i wouldn't be surprised i mean i think that arizona uh, again they just need somebody to help put their players together because all the pieces are there i think the world of mike smith we were just talking about goalies who carry a team holy smoke nobody carries a team more than he does i think he faced what 47 shots last night and still managed to set the shutout so um, they've got a good, solid guy, but I don't know how many more years they have with Mike. Yeah, exactly. Hey, before I forget, you know how I always write down at the beginning of the week games for the week I want to watch? The big game for me to watch this week is actually Saturday, 7th Central. Uh, Chicago's at Toronto. That should be a game. I mean, boy. Plus, coming up here in about two weeks, even if you're just a light hockey fan, Right about two weeks before the playoffs starts when hockey gets really good and another step up in the playoffs. So even if you're a casual fan, hockey's going to really look good. So just remember every year, about the time you get to the Sweet 16 Final Eight uh, in the NCAA basketball, it's that's about the time hockey really starts picking up. Oh, I agree. I just think that this is actually the best of time. And, you know, to tell you the truth, I, uh, 
I've watched a, a couple of games this year, not nearly as much as I had last year. I had more time then for some reason, but um, I like the wide open game. You know, and this is after years of watching Bruins sandbox hockey, but, um, you know, I think there's just an exciting element to it. So uh, this is the time of year we all wait for. That sounds good. Any last thing before we kill this off? No, no. I mean, I wasn't sure whether you wanted to talk briefly about any of the, the world classics that's going on right now, or uh, I meant, I know that you wanted to talk a little bit about the NCAA, but uh, your call. Yeah, I think NCAA, just the same old everybody's already heard. I think that's beaten with a stick from every sports radio around. Uh, you know, why did this team get in? Why did that team get in? It's rigged. Uh, very quickly, the only thing I don't like is they do not say what standards are for getting in for the 64 teams. They don't say, and it changes almost every year. That being said, it's done. Uh, it's done. Uh, that uh, World Baseball Classic is, I did watch a couple games so far, actually is looking better than I thought. They really are. Uh, but I'm looking at Venezuela's look great. I think Venezuela and Japan are looking good. Uh, but U.S. is too, so yeah. Well, I have to tell you, I, when you were asking me about it uh, uh, the week before last, I, I kind of dismissed it because, you know, quite frankly, I, I wasn't sure I was ready for baseball this early, but because um, I had the day off because of the snow day here, uh, Japan was playing Cuba. I've got to tell you, I don't know why I didn't watch it earlier. These games are really exciting. Uh, I mean, all the way through. I mean, I caught it right in the middle of the fifth inning um, as Japan had tied it back up. And um, this was great, great baseball. So uh, I regret not watching it sooner. So I still have time to catch up for the rest of the games. Yeah, and the best way to describe it is you get the minor league feel where everybody's trying and busting their butt just to make an impact on the team and show something, but with major league players. So oh, I like it. Um, for me, it's meaningful baseball sooner, so I do like it. So if you guys, uh, time you get this, there'll still be some games going on, so uh, check a game out. Oh, no doubt about it. I, you have our endorsement. <laughs> exactly. And on have a couple things here I want to say. Is anything you want to email me, Tracy at Podnos.com. And if you want to talk Bruce, send it to me, and I'll get it over to him. And if anybody wants to get in a fantasy uh, sports league, uh, getting kind of late for the baseball one here. We didn't announce it, but we're going to start trying to get the fantasy football kind of rolled up for this fall so we can start early. So just email me and say, hey, I want in the fantasy football, and uh, we'll, we'll uh, get your name on the list. So any last thing, Bruce? No, but maybe a teaser for next week, uh, our stance on whether or not we should be play, paying college players to play sports. Ah, okay. That sounds good. That's always a good topic to about. So, good. Again, I want to thank everybody for listening to this show and your busy schedule for downloading and listening to it. Again, any comments, corrections, concerns, and or corrections, just email Tracy at Podnos.com. And don't forget to go to Podnos.com slash Amazon. If you need to bring in this, I'm going to help Dora out a little bit there. So... Thanks, everybody, and have a great week.